0: Everyone, this is Dr. Dre, your Health Bay, and today I'm with my friend and colleague, Dr. Jared Ward, who I'm very happy to be interviewing. We're actually in San Francisco. The weather here was great today. We'll be talking about being healthy is countercultural. And Dr. Jared, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to be on your podcast. But yeah, so I guess so just a little bit about myself. I'm a chiropractor, like you, but I have different special within that. So, I became a chiropractor and I was just really fascinated with this thing called muscle testing or applied kinesiology. So, I focus a lot within my chiropractic care with my patient focusing on muscle rebalancing, neurology, you know, of course, addressing subluxation, brain health, nervous system health things like that. So, I I have extra certifications in muscle work that I really enjoy. But, I would say I'm probably most known for my work with patients in terms of my nutrition work. So so I could call it a couple of different things. I could call it functional medicine. I could call it functional wellness. Sometimes I call it uh, neurological nutrition work. It just depends on how I'm interacting, what person's frame of reference is to describe it. But basically, I am so passionate about nutrition. It's so important and not just like having a healthy diet and counting macros, but interventional nutrition in terms mm-hmm. of like clinical nutrition, um, in terms of reversing disease, strengthening bodies, you know, giving a, a natural solution to an acute infection, like, a virus or a bacterial infection Mm -hmm. things like that so i work a lot with that and the way i do it is i use neurology and different muscle reflex patterns to determine what a specific person needs so i mean anyone could say like oh you should take vitamin d every day you know um and based off of you know studies you should take this amount right but each person is so individual each person is so unique with a set of not only a health history like a physical health history but an emotional health history a mental health history things like that and so all of those different components play into how much nutrition and what type of nutrition does this person need, and that can only be revealed by that person's body. Mm-hmm. And so I basically use a technique that asks the body questions and reveals exactly what that body here and now needs to overcome their chemical, structural, and uh, mental, emotional stress, so that we can strengthen the body entirely. So that's kind of like bird's eye view of what I do. Yeah, that's what I love.
0: That's so interesting to me because when at least- least when I think of nutrition, I just think diet, eat healthy, you know, whatever. I don't actually look at it from like a functional point of view to where I can incorporate things because I may be deficient in something that I'm not getting from my foods and, and whatever. So that's really, really interesting to me. When did you first dive into this or like, when's the first time you decided you wanted to go alternative health style?
1: Yeah. So what actually happened to me was, um, so first of all, my father's a surgeon. Um, he specializes in foot and ankle surgery. He's a residency director, has successful practice. He's actually chairman of an infectious disease control committee as well. So that's been interesting the past year or so to get his insight into things going on. Anyways, I say all that to say that I grew up with a a view of Western medicine, very apparent view of Western medicine, which is also called allopathic medicine, focusing on symptoms, treating disease. And honestly, I just, I totally respect the field. It's so important for certain individuals and different cases. And so I will never speak ill of it when it comes to acute healthcare, like, emergency situations mm-hmm. in terms of solving chronic problems it's just not as good mm-hmm. as natural health care and as having a healthy lifestyle it's just not and as nutrition supplements and herbs you know so um basically what happened i grew up with that kind of worldview my mom was actually very into natural living i drank raw milk grass-fed beef organic food before it was cool in mm-hmm. r- a little rural town <laughs> in ohio yeah, you were a so, trendsetter yeah well we were the we were the different ones that's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so I grew up, you know, with the view of my dad and... I actually went with him on a medical missions trip. We went to Kenya. It was amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was so awesome. And we had some close family friends that were there that we would always host when they came to the United States and Mm -hmm. we would go over there too. So it was great. But um, anyways, and he was doing this medical clinic and I was going around speaking in different schools and it was really awesome. But while I was there, I unintentionally caught a parasite and I didn't know it at the time because I didn't, it wasn't sudden. I didn't start losing weight, you know, until later. So we came back to the United States. I was Fine, but what ended up happening in high school? I began having dizzy spells in school. Um, I developed twenty-seven food allergies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I began like maybe this is a TMI, but I just had terrible digestive issues mm-hmm. every single day for about four years. Wow! Um, so I'd wake up and I would have to leave, you know, class in the morning to use the restroom, and it was very painful, very mm-hmm. very painful, like sweating, painful. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um. So and that was just a it was just kind of like not a fun time. No one wants to have. That issues in high school. Yeah, right. You know, so anyway, so I saw my family doctor. He didn't know what was going on with me. We ran some blood work. Nothing was showing up. And I went even to a chiropractor, a couple chiropractors, and I would get a little better. Right. um, But not completely. Like, I totally loved the adjustment and it was amazing. But I still would, I would get a little better and then I would plateau and sink back down again. So I finally went and found this doctor. She was kind of the woo-woo doctor, you know, but she was a chiropractor. Okay. Um, She did something called bioenergetic synthesis technique. Um nutrition response testing and she did a lot of emotional release work as well so what happened with me during that time i've been sick like, for about four years and she got me better in about three months i'd say my wow. symptoms went away and she used interventional nutrition herbal therapies based off of what my body was communicating to her what i needed mm-hmm. she was doing the neurological testing to see okay what stresses out the brain or not what calms the brain and she would administer the proper supplement the proper herb in the proper amount amount calmed my brain so basically you're calming the brain from a nutritional standpoint and from the chiropractic adjustment standpoint and it's just this beautiful marriage that brings about incredible result for these chronic issues right so that i got better i was so inspired i was like i want to shadow you so i started shadowing her and next thing you know it i'm off to college starting pre-med because i was like i'm gonna do what she's doing yeah and it was yeah so it changed my life
0: and isn't that interesting how most passions come from like experiences and then you're able to then, you know, when something works for you, it's like, the, I have to share this. Like, yeah, Especially yeah. when it's not well known, right? Totally. And you said you went to other people first. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's really interesting because it's these special techniques and these windows of knowledge that people have, which is one of the reasons why I want to start this podcast, is just to share all this knowledge base of, like, different alternative ways of health because it's not the normal thinking, right? right, right. And so, that's, that's really 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 interesting after going through your personal experience i want to ask you what's the number one thing that you notice or that you think that we're being taught whether it be social media or in our current healthcare system that is considered healthy but isn't
1: right so it's funny you ask that question because i've just always been very much of a deep thinker in eighth grade i remember i was on the school bus reading this book by sally malin farrell who is the president of the weston price foundation um which is an organization basically focused on redeeming food, like sustainable food, and especially redeeming animal sources of food. And so I remember I was on that bus and I was reading a book called Eat Fat, Lose Fat. I think I've heard of that. It's a good book. And basically, it's a book that talks about how our culture went away from fat. We began viewing fat as, you know, causing us to gain fat. I mean, it Mm -hmm. makes sense, but it's simple thinking. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, if I eat fat, I'll get fat. You know, A plus B equals C. Right but actually that's not true but that wasn't science mm-hmm. but all of a sudden the craze for years was low fat zero fat you know skim milk fat free yeah, yeah. and what happens anyway so i was reading that book as an eighth grader like what eighth grade boy reads a book about fat i've just always been a little different i guess yeah but, I, that book was really eye-opening to me just in the terms of, oh, our culture really has no idea at all what health is. We just don't. And I think maybe we've come a bit further, but what's so sad to me is just in general. So for example, with the fat industry, the sugar industry actually came in and was trying to sell more sugar. So they began demonizing fat, fat went out people stopped using fat, but when you remove fat from something, it loses flavor. So then you have to add more sugar to make it flavorful. Mm-hmm. But then when you eat lots of sugar, you're actually contributing to your increased risk of heart disease and high cholesterol and all these things that they're blaming fat for right so it was just like the perfect storm and it was really it's all driven by industry Mm -hmm. so I guess I'm kind of rambling but to bring it back to your question I really wish that everyone knew that the health advice in the mainstream media and on social media is driven by industry it's driven by someone who wants your money more than they want your health Mm -hmm. and so that's really what it is and that's what it comes down to and so that's why being healthy is... Is countercultural because right? it's incredibly countercultural
0: there's um, no money in health well so i mean the industry makes money off of you being sick right yes, well, yeah. whether it be medications and yeah. surgeries and this and that yeah. like and i feel like that's why we're more geared towards those things because there is no profit in
1: yeah. health well and that's what's really sad is because i think a lot of people say that and i guess i'm just going to offer a slight pushback because i really think having a healthy society is more productive is more profitable and like Like, for example, when I was in undergrad, I took a permaculture course and an ecology course, and we studied sustainable agriculture in that course. Mm -hmm. We toured a farm that um, was practicing different sustainable agricultural practices like crop rotation, um, no tilling, things like that, which is so fascinating if you ever dig into it. Just the farming practices that we implemented in the 50s and 60s have led to soil degradation, which is required. Anyways, it's just a whole mess. But anyways, what I'm saying is they went back to the more... More healthy way of doing something that actually produced healthier food. And they actually outperformed every other farm in the region when there was drought by amount produced per acre every single time. So there's this myth that, like, oh, being healthy isn't profitable. And it may not be profitable tomorrow. That's the thing. It's not a quick profit, but it's an investment. And just if you're investing in the stock market or you're buying real estate, you don't expect you're investing for the long term, right? right. And so that's what's so unfortunate about our culture is in general, we want a quick fix, we want it now, mm-hmm. which is great. I love Love the, I love that also about America. Like, mm-hmm. we are... If we can do it fast, why not?
0: Like, you <laughs> yeah, know? So right. I think Microwave society. Yeah, we yeah. want it right now. Yeah, and yeah. I
1: think there's strengths to it. But I think there's also weaknesses to it in the sense that we are not willing to restructure society that values investment mm-hmm. in health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's what I would say, that in general, being healthy is countercultural because it's driven by industry. And right. we just don't have the systems that support the long-term investment that health requires. What
0: do you think what's your view on dairy? Is it healthy or is it not healthy? You know, you have a yeah. lot of people cutting dairy out of their yeah, diets. Yeah, yeah. So what's, what's the skinny, you know, play on words <laughs> of dairy?
1: Yeah. So I guess in my opinion on dairy is I think the dairy we eat and consume largely as a culture today is actually not dairy. That would be my, uh, my argument. So if people are saying dairy is unhealthy and they're citing different studies, well, I would be like, well, did they actually use pure unadulterated dairy? And in my opinion, they did not because, Because what happened was there was this mad cow disease scare, which may be rightly so. um, And they began implementing kind of drastic, a drastic response to the mad cow disease scare. And and basically we used to drink our milk raw and not pasteurized, right? Mm -hmm. So raw milk goes bad in about two weeks. Um, I would say. And so the raw milk going bad in two weeks, you taste it when it goes bad. But it doesn't go bad. It's actually just transforming. Raw milk will turn into sour cream, will turn into buttermilk, then sour cream, then to cheese. So it's this, milk, in my opinion, is this beautiful, transformative product Mm -hmm. that if you just let it sit there, it changes like a caterpillar does into a butterfly. Like, I mean, I'm obviously embellishing milk. It's white liquid. but, (laughs) But, um, yeah. So what happened was they began pasteurizing milk. And when you pasteurize milk, it goes bad, but you don't taste it going bad until a while later until it really begins it to it spoil sours. until it sours mm-hmm. badly and that's when it's rotten. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between it souring which is what raw milk does and then it turning rotten. So there's that issue and then also they began homogenizing milk and they basically started binding the fat particle to milk particle in a certain process that I honestly haven't researched a lot but they adulterated milk. So the body can no longer they can't it can no longer separate the milk from the fat basically and so because of the homogenization it's then in infl- Inflammatory body freaks out, it degrades. A lot of people think, many scientists think that the homogenized milk is actually what contributes to the inflammation in arteries that begin to cause strokes and cardiovascular issues. Anyways, so in terms of milk, I think, well, if you're gonna buy skim milk from your local grocery store, yeah, I think that's probably something best to avoid because it's been completely adulterated. I read an article one time that they add titanium dioxide to the milk to give it the proper white color. You know, sorry, you really eat food at this point or mm-hmm. is it a food substitute and right. I would argue that dairy sold now is a food substitute but if you're eating raw milk mm-hmm. um, I actually talked a little bit about this on my Instagram at one point but if you're eating raw milk it actually comes pre-loaded with actually glutathione and glutathione is like the superpower of antioxidants that your body makes and needs right so it comes with glutathione so it's like taking a glutathione pill right which a lot of people you might have heard about it but you can take a glutathione supplement um, but it's like it comes with glutathione comes with digestive Enzymes already in it to help your body digest and assimilate the milk. Um, so it's written it comes with like healthy fats,
0: right? Really, and a benefit fat. for that too is you're saying with raw milk, the fat, protein, yeah. and the actual milk are separated, right. so your body can recognize yeah. that and actually break it down easier exactly. than in pasteurized yeah. or Be- the adulterated. I think yeah. you said right, yes,
1: adulterated mm-hmm. milk. Um, and the thing is too is like when they pasteurize the milk, it kills off a lot of it. Basically, denatures. Denatures means uh, just it to fall apart the different enzymes and the vitamins that are in the milk so a lot of times we'll be like oh there's a lot of vitamin d in milk well it's actually not absorbable by the human body because it's been denatured interesting yeah so when you're having raw milk it's like a superpower drink it comes with all these vitamins even vitamin k we don't get a lot of vitamin k we need vitamin k to help us have strong bones um, a strong immune system things like that but yeah unfortunately our milk is adulterated so i always recommend raw milk um but in some states unfortunately it's illegal really for human consumption i yeah. did not know that yeah which is bizarre to me like wh- why wow. would you make this healthy product illegal right um, i get it i feel like the the intention is to protect humans from mad cow disease I right get it. but i also think that big dairy has been able to kind of extort the, extort the situation and the climate in order to basically be mass able to mass-produce s- mass milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't need to treat their cows as nicely because you can't taste the milk anymore. It's going to get heated anyway. So if something gets in the milk or if the cow's sick, it doesn't matter as much because they're going to pasteurize it, right? So did we really care for animals in implementing this new policy or not? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think raw milk is actually a better way to support animal husbandry in a in a humane manner.
0: Wow. Wow. So interesting. So if you are to buy milk... Mm-hmm. raw milk is the way to go yep. and literally you'll see it in a you know glass bottle or however it comes and and what are you looking for on the label like just raw yeah unfiltered or what are we looking for yeah
1: it know so unfortunately many stores don't carry raw milk so depending on where you're at you might have to find a farm share you might have to locate a local farmer and be like hey i want to buy some raw milk for my cats wink wink you know because, <laughs> yeah. they, can, because they can't sell it to the humans um <laughs> Right, right yeah so you may have to do that but in some states for example i live in california there are a couple stores that do carry raw milk um and it's i believe organic pastures is the brand and so okay. i buy that but it's only at a couple grocery stores so you kind of have to kind of get the lay of the land a little bit mm-hmm. i've been able to find raw cheeses in more places than just california right so I, that's a little bit more common but yeah i would recommend locating farmer. if you can't find a farm with raw milk mm-hmm. i would just at least get non-homogenized milk that okay. just means the cream will separate from the milk and that some that is still pasteurized, so that one is still legal in most, and I think every state. But it no longer bound the uh, milk particle to the fat particle, so got it. That is a better option if you can't find raw milk.
0: Awesome. Just real quick, what about other dairy like mm. cheeses, creamers? I mean, I'm a huge yeah. coffee freak,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. and
0: I love creamer in my coffee. What should I be looking for as a healthy option to put in my coffee? If you could just touch on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a couple other milks that I like, I love goat milk i think goat milk is really great a lot of people who are allergic to cow milk or good reaction can tolerate goat milk so i think that's an option i've tried sheep milk it's not my favorite but it's an option if you want to try it um i honestly don't really like a lot of the nut milks
0: mm-hmm. so that almond s- cashew like yeah
1: milk. you just have to be careful because if you're having almond milk that's not organic you're basically drinking pesticides that's my opinion so well it's true <laughs> 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 um, so it's my
0: opinion, and it's true. Yeah. So, so
1: it's, it's true because there's a <laughs> lot of pesticides on almonds, especially they're grown here in California. And if they're not organic, you're just gonna basically get concentrated pesticides in the almond milk. So that's one thing that you just want to be aware of. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying almond milk, get organic. Um, oat milk. It's really popular, but it actually is about the same glycemic level, which means it stimulates, it spikes your blood sugar about the same as a can of coke. Really? Yeah. So because it's just basically carbs, 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 mm-hmm. simple sugars simple sugars so i kind of was i loved the way oat milk tasted but then i one i looked at the box and i believe it's canola oil is a large ingredient in oat milk and then it also i was reading it spikes your blood sugar a lot so to me that defeats the purpose because the reason why i think adding a fat-based liquid to your coffee mm-hmm. is because coffee in and of itself raises your blood sugar because it stimulates cortisol it's like the ooh, i am caffeinated effect you know i have this stress hormone which is cortisol and it raises my blood sugar a little bit so why would i also want to take a bunch of oat milk which is going to raise my blood sugar even more high blood sugar isn't good for you i hope we all know that you yeah know? Um, if you didn't it's okay but high blood sugar isn't good for you and so that's why if you add fat it helps basically calm the effect of the spiked blood sugar kind of slow the effect of the coffee on your system so what i add to my coffee i love adding just heavy whipping cream That's a nice organic heavy cream heavy cream mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it you don't need as so much too because it's so thick yeah <laughs> so a good job so i also am a huge fan of like bulletproof coffee not, not necessarily the brand but I make my own mm-hmm. so what that means is I take some I like to buy raw butter and I put the butter in add a little bit of MCT oil or coconut oil blend it up and mm. It's really
0: nice. It's good, you <laughs> know. It's funny because um, I've been making coffee for my dad yeah. recently, and he was one of those people who you know would make a pot and drink it all day, and he's mm-hmm. powdered creamer and, and
1: his Mr. Coffee machine.
0: Yeah, and um, I've been making it with organic butter powder and, oh, nice. and adding you know MCT oils and stuff in it, and he's just like, man, this stuff so is good. so delicious, and it and it's good for you. Yeah, I'm like, if you're gonna drink coffee, I mean, we all know caffeine is a drug, and right. you know whatever but right. you might as well get some healthy fats in there yep. and, and enjoy it and, yeah yeah i'm
1: glad you brought up the butter powder too i really like that i use i've used it before too and i think that's a great quick option yeah you can even just like especially if you're even doing like a cold brew yes. coffee you can just put a little of the butter powder maybe even a little bit of collagen protein add your coffee shake it up and you're good to go yeah oh so. i want i want coffee now. I know, yeah.
0: <laughs> So cool. Well, what about? Um, I think another big thing that listeners probably have a huge question with. I mean, the big fads and the things that we talk about the most is usually like dairy and then also meat. Mm. So there's so many things out there about is meat good for you? How much meat should I eat? What kinds of meat? And you know, I know there's a book out there called the Blood Type Diet. Yeah. And I'm A negative, and apparently I haven't read the book, but apparently according to the book, I'm not supposed to eat a whole lot of meat, but I I can't not eat meat. (laughs) I love (laughs) love meat i will never give it up so what's your opinion on if meat is healthy for you
1: yeah so okay first of all i'm a negative too so yeah oh, they okay. tell me i'm not supposed to eat meat <laughs> yeah. either and that's when i decided i did not like the blood type diet <laughs> so <laughs> right. out the window Yep. Yeah, not yeah. okay don't like that advice but um so again meat to me is if you're looking at studies what kind of meat did they use you know it's just like the milk thing what kind of milk did they use did they use pure milk unadulterated milk non-toxic milk or did they use the toxic stuff, the messed up stuff. It's the same thing with meat. So did your meat come from a factory farm where they're, they're, you know, basically force fed grains all day, crowded conditions, antibiotics, things like that. Like if you're eating that meat, that's going to be inflammatory. That's going to be unhealthy. But if you're eating meat from a grass fed cow who was fed a grass diet, had room to roam, was taken care of, was loved by its farmers, that's going to be a very different type of meat. Because I guess you can think of it as like whenever you're eating an animal product, you're not only eating the animal tissue, but you're eating the animal's quality. Of life and their quality of life includes their emotional state. Yes. Just like we get stressed, right? And stress is not a good thing for our body if chronic.
0: I want to say real quick it's so important that you said that because, you know, we know that thoughts become emotions mm-hmm. and then those emotions become actions or how, you know, how we live our life. Right. And, you know, I talk about it all the time how our thoughts can chemically change the makeup inside of our yeah. body. Yeah. And so, why would that be any different for animals? Yeah.
1: It's- not it's the same thing and so the crowded conditions the often electrical equipment this the whatever the tasers like whatever they're mm-hmm. using for the cows is not or what i just mainly think of beef when i think of meat but is not going to contribute to calm low inflammatory tissue in the body so yeah that's kind of what i think about it in general but i think that meat raised properly is one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet meat can be one of the most toxic dense food or nutrient dense food mm-hmm. just depends on what because it's like think about the food chain right you have like i don't know if you remember like the p- little pictures and like children's books like there's a little fish then a bigger fish eats the little fish then a bigger fish eats. right <laughs> yeah. you're concentrating everything that the tiny fish ate mm-hmm. right and it's the same thing with us we are higher on the food chain than cows and basically eating a cow i say is eating concentrated salad so right (laughs) because
0: we're eating what they eat exactly and so it's a
1: great way to get just like it's basically yeah concentrated salad it's like just add water you have a salad you know (laughs) so but it's but it's beef obviously or whatever meat you're taking so or if they're eating a ton of corn you're eating concentrated corn right or concentrated inflammatory grains that have tons of pesticides on them with antibiotics added on the side
0: so i guess the question then isn't is meat good for you? Right. But it's, are you eating the proper meat? Exactly. Of like where it's being sourced. Exactly. And, and how it's being raised yeah. basically.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So it's not a matter of whether meat is good or bad for you. It's where are you getting your meat? And right. is it high quality? Right.
1: And all the studies that are pointing towards, Oh, like when they stopped eating meat or when they ate meat, this happened, they're not differentiating that. Mm-hmm. They're just meat is meat. It could be McDonald's burger patties for all we know that right. they wash in chemicals to make sure. It's they're like cooking. an
0: umbrella okay. statement. Yeah. They're
1: just encompassing yeah. all. So you can't really Rely on it, um, unfortunately. I wish we could, but yeah, you just can't.
0: Wow. Okay. So Mm -hmm. if I were to buy meat, what am I looking for? I'm looking for grass fed, Mm -hmm. no antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Like what, what are the type of things I want to look for on the label?
1: Yeah. So here's the thing too. I always, I always try I would rather have quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. We don't need a ton of meat. Like that's the thing too. I feel like we do eat a lot of meat as a culture and we're eating a lot in terms of the inflamed type of meat. So the thing, the the advice I'm going to make is you're going to be like, wow, then that meat is expensive. But if you think about it, well, just have half a portion that you would have normally had you know it's more bang for your buck so anyways the type i would recommend is just grass-fed grass-finished organic meat beef um in terms of chickens they usually don't use hormones or antibiotics on chickens. So I try to get free range chicken meat mm-hmm. um, organic as well if I can. Um, if it says fed a vegetarian diet to me that's actually not a plus because chickens in the wild eat tons of bucks. Okay. Like in the wild on a right. farm on a healthy right. farm eat tons of bucks. So if it says fed a vegetarian diet to me that's like oh they just gave it corn all day every day. Mm-hmm. So to me that's like it's called greenwashing, mm-hmm. where you make your product look better than it is. Um, so I'm not really a fan of that. So a, a free range organic chicken would be great i honestly don't eat a lot of pork so i can't really make a lot of recommendations mm-hmm. about that but mm-hmm. and then for salmon wild caught is always better farming uh salmon is actually in my opinion carcinogenic i think it causes farmed salmon yeah, right farmed. Mm-hmm. yeah wild caught is much better so. okay mm-hmm.
0: awesome those are really good tips yeah, yeah. I, I i mean because here's the thing is we can talk about you know what's good and what's bad but if people don't know what to look for i think that's huge as far as like you yeah. know directing well, makes people yeah. yeah absolutely because you have these people who are like oh i heard this one time that this was right. good and they're not sure and i think we can all agree that labels on things nowadays are confusing because it's about marketing
1: it is marketing. So, you know
0: something could say gluten-free and you know what it never had gluten right. in it to begin with yeah. but they <laughs> add it to the label so you buy it because yeah. you're like oh my god it's
1: yeah. gluten-free yeah, you it know like a bag of corn chips like, well, <laughs> right. of course it's gluten-free there's never been wheat in corn chips
0: <laughs> right exactly yeah. so yeah and it's like why, a, a yeah. play on marketing
1: exactly that's why greenwashing is so important to pay attention to even like i saw kind bars are being sued right now for false advertising because they said there were no gmos blah 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 but it wasn't true oh and, wow and i knew about that a couple years ago because i just follow different people who review products right and yeah it's unfortunate because kind bars have almonds in it that have tons of pesticides on it so they're they're probably gonna lose their lawsuit and you know they were pretty tasty but (laughs) they weren't they weren't the best right they weren't the yeah they just unfortunately weren't honest they weren't honest yeah you know so yeah interesting
0: okay um well real quick we're gonna wrap this up but i do want to talk about uh supplementation because obviously food nowadays is not Farmed or you know grown the same way as it was back in the day when food was full of nutrients. So obviously we need to make up for those deficits somehow, and supplementation is the way to go, right? Yeah. So how do you feel that's important, or why do you think that supplementation is important?
1: Yeah. Well, I first want to say I wish you didn't have to supplement. Right. I wish we didn't have to. That would be great. But unfortunately, because of the way things have gone, because of government subsidies, because of the culture, our soil is so depleted of its nutrients. And when soil is depleted of nutrients, food is depleted of nutrients nutrients and our food compared to 50 years ago today has about less than half the amount of nutrients that our grandparents ate the food that our grandparents Mm -hmm. ate so you just have to supplement if you want to be healthy if you want to be strong if you want to fight off chronic disease or cancer you have to supplement it's Mm -hmm. just a fact um so i'm sorry but you're just gonna have to have room a little budget line a budget item for supplements
0: it's important yeah it's
1: so important and the thing is too about the whole supplement industry i really recommend looking into whole food supplements because there are a lot of supplements that basically are made in a lab and are not necessarily they're either cheap they're full of synthetic synthetics yeah Yeah, so they're either synthetic they're cheap or they're full of toxic binders that basically i mean they found arsenic in different supplements that they've sold and lead different Mm -hmm. supplements that they sell at the grocery store you know because there's not high regulation on it which i'm glad because that means there's also not much control but it's a good bad thing it's a good bad thing but you just have to trust the company you're buying from so yeah
0: so yeah it is important to reach out to like people like you or me who have those resources yeah. that we can refer people yeah. or, you know, give them something that we know is a higher quality Yeah, you that's actually going to gonna do something and that they're not just wasting their money on a right. cheaper supplement, Right. just taking it because they think that right. it's good.
1: Which could potentially actually be harming you because right. it could be full of something like lead or arsenic. You know? Right. So yeah, you really just want to buy something quality. It's really going to be worth it. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I just want to say thank you so much for letting me interview you. You're a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure I'll have you back.
1: I'd love to. Yeah.
0: And um, for those of you listening, if you want more information, I'll be sure to post all of Dr. Jared's information below in the notes section. You can follow him on Instagram at Dr. Jared Ward and also he has a YouTube video. I'll include those links down below so you can click and follow him. He has amazing videos on so many different topics. So it's definitely worth going to check out. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thanks for coming.